The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome to the Kilroy Report, where we talk to extraordinary people building extraordinary businesses in completely ordinary times. Although, as a disclaimer, nothing about the last two years have been ordinary, so let's throw that out. So, extraordinary people building extraordinary businesses in extraordinary times. And I'm today here today with Gianna Barrett, who is the founder and CEO of First Page Strategies. And we are super excited to have you here because you, well, you're not really unique in the fact that you have a remote company. But you are re- unique in the fact that you, a long time ago, set out to build a remote-only company. And I would love to learn from you about what, what has been great about that, what's been terrible about it, and what's the stuff that's, that's surprised you about it. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So, so actually, why don't, before, we, before we jump into the remote stuff, why don't you tell me about First Page Strategy? Sure. Yeah. So we are a global growth marketing agency. We have marketing experts across the globe. We like to say that we try to hire people that are the best at their jobs, not the best in a certain location. So we don't look for marketers that are just in San Francisco. We hire the best people across the world and try to empower them to do their best work remotely. And that's us. Right. And, and what, what spurred you to start this? this business? Uh, so it really was more of a personal journey and it started out as a personal journey, I guess. I left San Francisco in 2016. I was working in tech companies. I thought that moving and living in San Francisco and working my in tech was a dream of mine. And I got almost all the way to the top and I realized that it was not a dream and I kind of, it's not like the view. <laughs> Bad dream. Yeah, I was, there's a lot of talk behind this now, but like the, I think like 2000s, 2010, 2014, 2015, maybe even a little earlier, it was really popular to build an office environment that seemed really sexy because there was ping pong tables and free lunch and a giant snack room and happy hours and you could drink beer at work and all of this. And I was definitely part of all of the companies that did that, but I was really just unhappy. I was in San Francisco. I was pretty lonely. The city could be really isolating. I was working a lot. I was traveling across the U.S. I didn't have time for dating or like spending time into like if I wanted to be a mother, what my dreams were, right? So I decided to leave my job and really just kind of, I was ready to give it all up. I just wanted, I thought I just wanted to go sell ice on a beach. Like I wanted to live in the Caribbean. I just wanted to do bare minimum, maybe make bare minimum to survive. And I'm just kind of tired with the whole shebang. But then 
you know, three months into starting my business, the opportunity came to kind of start an agency and now here I am. <laughs> right. So based on, on the, on the name alone, one would assume that you started out thinking mostly about SEO and content, but that was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, my career path was mostly head of inbound marketing, head of content. And so I had a heavy content inbound philosophy in my marketing background. I still believe really strongly in it. I think every single company needs to be doing two things. You need to be doing ads in the short term to get traffic and convergence. And you need to be doing SEO and content in the long term to build your website authority and kind of recover some of that money back that we're all paying Google because it just keeps getting more and more expensive to get ads on yeah. Google and Facebook. So you really need to invest in the health of your website and your brand and driving people to your website other ways. So we have, we did start out with just content and SEO, but we have evolved into being more of a wider growth marketing agency that includes that kind of short-term paid ad strategy while we work on the long-term because the SEO content piece can take six to nine to 12 months to see results. And, and also I think the strategy part of your name really matters, right? Yeah. Because un, unlike, so if you don't, unlike say a Facebook agency who's only thinking about the confines of Facebook, you're you're working deeper still. Yes. We really think of ourselves as an extension of the brands that we work for. We are very, we choose very carefully who we work for. We want to be fully ingrained in our clients' businesses. We don't want to be siloed. We are not, quote unquote, just an SEO agency. To really do marketing and do marketing well, you need to be involved in the business, customer service. You need to be involved in the product cycle. You need to be involved with the lead generation team, the distribution team and social media that's going to get everything out the door. So it really varies like per client that we work for because people have different teams and internal resources. But we found that we are less successful when you're, we're just like, oh, you're just our FCO agency, just do these five things for us. Because marketing is so in, in like ingrained in so many things in a company. And so the closer we can be to business partners and actually see your analytics and work on the strategy of your business and how that comes across in your growth marketing, the better. Right. Because the, the strategy informs your tactics, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did not start working with anybody before we finished like a one to two month strategy. So depending on the size of your business, it might take us one month, it might take us two months, but we have about 15, 10 to 15 team members and different expertise and channels working on building that strategy and digging into data and analytics and talking to your team before we ever start to execute. Right. So we're, I swear we're going to get into the real stuff for a second. In a second. Yeah. But, so let's talk about strategy is often a really hard thing to sell because either people are like, we got it figured out or they're, they're frustrated that honestly that you are taking one or two months and they're paying and you're and you are being paid, but you're taking one or two months to get ready to deliver value to them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, how do you how do you navigate around that? Well, we navigated it by telling them that we don't even know what to charge them until we do our strategy. Yeah. So we cannot tell you that we need someone focused on email or we need or you need a better nurture campaign or you need an entire landing page strategy until we look at like how your SEO is performing, what landing pages you have on your site, what emails you're sending your customers, 
So we have to dig into all of that strategy in order to inform what we're even charging you for. So that's like the first piece to work with us. You were sort of the, the, the definition of a high trust sale, right? You like, there's got to be like, it's, it's not like open kimono. This is like, everybody's running around naked, right? Yeah. Because okay. Yeah. And so do you find that there are certain kinds of cultures that you just can't work with? You know, the companies, I mean, you don't find that's a lot in tech companies, but we have come across companies who are not willing to fully, like you said, open up everything to us and as an outside partner have not shared <clears throat> analytics with us. Yeah, really, that's, it, it is, it's crazy. It's where, it's where like, you're completely breaking down. And their philosophy was, we have never shared analytics with partners. And I'm like, yeah, I just... I don't know how at this day and age you can be successful if you're working with outside vendors that are not able to like get the pieces they need to your business. But all right, okay. So it's 2016. You decided the selling ice cream on the beach wasn't for you. An opportunity lands in your lap. You're like, oh, okay, I got to do it. And so your your San Francisco ambition was reignited, and you said, okay, I'm going to be an agency. But you, yeah. Where, where were you? What what beach were you on? Where, where were you at that um, point? Yeah, I moved to Belize to an island called Ambergus Key. And actually how that became about is one of my favorite stories. I, I say that first page came about and grew as a story with the story of the power of content. Because I had actually written a couple articles for a craft company. They reached out to me when I left San Francisco. I wrote, I written a Medium article about it was, I titled it, right, because I'm a concept marketer in a very sexy way. I, I'm leaving my six-figure San Francisco job to sell ice creams on a, on a beach or whatever. And kind of talked about what that looked like. And Fast Company reached out to me. They asked me to write an, an article, a tip on how to leave your job and move to the Caribbean. So well, in that article, I kind of... Personally, I had no idea that I'm, <laughs> I, I, I was chatting with somebody with such an august literary resume. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe I don't talk about that much, but I am a writer at, at my core, I guess, which is how I got started in concept marketing. But in that Boss Company article, I had leaked to a bunch of different brands I used to set up my business. I, I spent about one month really quickly setting up my business and getting ready to leave San Francisco. And I used a bunch of tools. And one of those companies that I linked to ended up being my biggest client and they are still our biggest client. And so they saw that I linked to them in their backlink SEO profile and reached out and were like, hey, we're actually about to get rid of our SEO company. Would you like to pitch us? And at the time I was like, I don't know what it means to pitch you. I don't know what a proposal is. I was like Googling it. It is actually the ultimate story of fake it till you make it because I was Googling how to write proposals and how to pitch. And I actually won that business. And then it's just grown from there, honestly. And like, we do owe that brand a lot of kind of the inception of our of first page strategy just because they really like took a chance on us and we've grown with inside them and next to them. So it's been wonderful. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's, that's great. Yeah. So, so quick question. If you were going to sell ice cream on the beach, what flavor? Oh, mint chocolate chip. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, but those, if, but those white kind, not the green kind. Oh, sure. Yeah, because the green kind's gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so, so here you are. You're you're on an island off the coast of Belize. It's yeah. not like you where you you're gonna find somebody who's got top tier marketing skills like at the local coffee shop. Like you're not 
you're not likely to run into a, a network of folks. So how did you, after you Googled how, how to make a proposal, how did you decide like, oh, did you then like Google how to, how to find a contractor who won't, who, who won't charge me an arm and a leg or how, what was your next step? Yeah. Yeah. So my location in Belize, which is speaks to remote work, like work from anywhere is the hashtag we like to use was completely separate from me building my business. Like I did everything through my networks in the U.S. I yep. just from the teams that I built, the companies that I worked with, luckily I had enough people that I knew in the industry who liked me and liked the work that we did together and kind of wanted to work with me. And so I did that. I also used Upwork. There was an old platform that's not really, it's a little bit defunct now, I believe, called Cloud Peeps was like the first kind of like finding skilled marketers remotely platform. And so I use that to find a lot of people at my business. Cool. And so, and so you were in the, you, you were in the middle, like dealing with the clients, by the way, like super nerdy way for them to find out who you are, like who checks their backlink profile (laughs) with that level of of granularity, like holy moly. Well, when you see a backlink from Fast Company, it's like the one you pay attention to. Well, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. That's, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you started hiring people to get the job done. And then <laughs> what made you, then what made you like keep on going and think like this, this, no one being in the same room is the way to build my business. What was, what was the, 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 intent behind that because i'll tell you of all the companies that i've started we've never had an office but that's just because i hate commuting anywhere like i just want to like i like being at so 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 how what kind of challenges did you face doing that yeah i mean there's like a whole host of challenges that i but they none of them stick out because i kind of made it work right like i my biggest piece to this was how do I preserve the lifestyle I want and I'm never going to change that otherwise it's not worth it to me anymore and the lifestyle I didn't want was being back in the U.S. or being in an office and so I created an image that's my laptop image that says location financial and time freedom and that those are the three things that I wanted to focus on and so I just figured it out to fit that goal of like the lifestyle I wanted. And we've certainly had the bump, our bumps, like in terms of hiring the right people remotely, there's a whole process that we've really refined in how to run our, our hiring process, remote operations, the tools, tech stack, remote tech stack that we're using. Like we've been doing this for six years now going into seven. And so we've had a lot of time to refine a lot of those. How do you just, uh, in a interest, a matter of full disclosure, Gianna is a client of of mine so i know an awful lot about her business though i didn't i didn't know about about the the whole the whole fast company backlink thing that's crazy you should <laughs> you should tell that story like five times a day it's so good but you know you've got people and you're navigating multiple time zones mm-hmm. and 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 so on some level maybe even multiple cultures mm-hmm. and and as your business has grown the the number of services and the kinds of things that you are are handling have have sort of grown incredibly. How hard is it for you to for you to keep up? You're hiring somebody new. They're doing a piece of marketing that you don't have an established process for, or they're they're joining a team, or or they're making a team. How do you how do you manage all of that? 
human stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the, using a project management tool and Zoom, got it. That's not like, that's not the killer part, but it's the, it's the managing of the human relationships over distance and time. That's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm going to preface this by saying we don't have it all figured out. I talk about this stuff daily, weekly, quarterly. Yep. We're constantly improving. But I will say that there's something I really believe in strongly. There's two things that I think lead to success at my company. One is the most important is I really try to lead with empathy and compassion. I feel like people like working for me because I am like a human first leader. Like we talk about what's going on in people's lives at every call before we start talking about work. And I have like really gotten to know a lot of people that work for me remotely and their life journey and where they're at personally, professionally, even to like what their dreams are outside of work, because we do have a lot of 1099 people. And so they're obviously have other side passions and interests. So we talk a lot about that. We also just have a lot of fun connecting in human ways, like in our tools, Slack, obviously it's no secret. People have fun Slack channels these days, but we do have dogs channel and everybody's always like posting dogs. That's like a thing that every human can connect on. We have donut channel, donut dates where we're paired with like our coworkers every six weeks to meet for 30 minutes on video and not talk about work. So we have some things that help us connect. Yeah. Yeah. We have some things that help us connect. So that's a big one. First, first thing. Second thing I want to say is I really wish people would get away from feeling like their job has to be the source of their social life. A lot of people, you'll see like leaders at Google or whomever make the the argument that we being in the office allows us to connect with our coworkers and like see people face to face and interact and feel connected to our coworkers. But you don't have to have your social life around eight hours a day with people that you did not choose around for eight hours. So when you work remotely, you just shift your mindset that you can connect with your coworkers, but you have so much more time to have your social needs as a human met by your family and your friends and your neighbors and not by your coworkers. So that's the other thing that I think is really important. And we need to talk about more because too many people put like, social life and, and work together, but they don't have to be that way. No, that's that's true. Though I, I do know that loneliness is a real part of of remote working life. Because it's it's yeah. not for everybody. Some yeah. people definitely need they need the the social interaction or the social cues or the the structure that an office provides. But but it sounds like through those kind of one on one donut meetings, you know, that that would go a long way to sort of curing some of those 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 sort of missed social opportunities. But also, I think it's really terrific that you are suggesting that work is a place where you come to do work, but your life happens outside of it. Yeah. Um, have, have you perchance seen the, the Apple TV Plus show called Severance? I haven't yet, but I have. It's in my queue. I think at some point because yeah. it kind of come across my radar. Yeah. So it it it's. It's sort of like directly on point here because the the premise is they've done something to your brain so that when you are at work, you don't remember anything from your outside life. And then when you leave work, you don't remember anything that happens at work. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it sounds kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. But uh, what tells you that somebody's going to thrive in this environment? Because I think 
sort of inherently in in remote environments that you know everybody's going to have sort of a a high accountability mindset. Yeah, yeah, that is the ultimate question. I'm still trying to figure that out. I've watched people not make it for the most part when they can when they're not good at project management and working inside of these project management tools that are used at every remote company now, because it's not about tracking your time necessarily, or like the button seats mentality. Like I've seen some brands when we were going back, they're going back to the office after the pandemic say that like, they're trying to track it. Their employees are online and messaging or like you have to clock in remotely and clock out, which is just bizarre. Like really these project management tools help you kind of understand what, what are the deliverables that are coming through. And if people aren't delivering, then it's very clear that they're not working, right? So oh. so we, I just, if, if you're not going to get up to speed quickly in the project management tools or any of the tech tools that are used to kind of facilitate remote work, that's generally where I see people struggle the most. Yep. And then the other piece, I actually was just trying to talk to some other remote founders about this that has come across my plate recently that I'm trying to figure out. Is I say that, I just say that you need to be good at these project management tools. But then I just had an extra interview with one of our people that left after three years and she went to go join her or do her own entrepreneurial journey. But she had shared that some of the work that you need to do to manage all of your tasks and your projects inside these project management tools is very type A, right? And she felt like she brought a lot of soft skills to the agency, creativity, like kind of the cheerleader of the group. And so she had said to me, like, where does that, is there space for that kind of role inside the agency? And I, I've really like haven't been hot on that ever since then. So is it possible to have people inside of a remote agency that are really good at maybe the soft skills and the more creativity and right brain side of stuff and aren't super good at project management and type A? I proposed this to other remote founders and they said, no, like if you fail at these tools, you're going to fail at working remote. And so, but I still kind of question. I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna counter that. Uh, yeah. So, tools are terrific, but really, what we're what you're being paid for is the outcome. Yeah, and and so, well, it can be enormously frustrating if somebody doesn't use the tools or doesn't use them effectively or well. Mm-hmm. That's not the definition of their contribution. Yeah. So so if if they are providing insight or moral support or if they are rushing around at the at the last minute picking up things that other people have left or if they've if they're coming up with if they have better communication with the clients so they get better ideas or whatever. I think that there's there's an enormous variety of metrics that that show your your input or your contribution. And they're not all measured in in Asana or ClickUp or whatever, or Monday or whatever project management task you're using. Yeah. Uh, and especially in a business like in a marketing business, even though a long time ago, SEO especially was fairly technical, but now it's much more about content and understanding of the, the customer and the, of, the, of the intent of search and that sort of stuff. So I would imagine... That's that those softer skills, those empathetic skills, those those imaginative skills, actually, I, I would argue that they're just as valuable, even mm-hmm. if that person yeah. sucks, at, at, sucks at using a sound off. Yeah. So then you just have to kind of define where those people fit. And I think maybe is it a strategy team? Like, 
where the strategy team isn't executing on tasks, but they're leading strategy, but that's not happening. She was leading strategy and executing a team and tasks. So that's kind of where I guess I have to think about, like, do we make a space in the agency for strategy only in those kind of creative strategic people set? Where do you potentially compensate for somebody's, for somebody's attributes by, by pairing them with somebody who's especially good at that, at the, at the, 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 the time and task management pieces. Yeah. But then that it's basically a project manager, right? We're kind of a little bit question mark about if we need project managers at the company, because every time they've had a project manager, they don't deeply understand the marketing and they're making mistakes with the task list or like who's it, who it's going to. Yep. And the person that owns that project, the marketer, knows everything they just need to be project managing themselves so yeah i don't know these are the types of things i don't have solved that i no of course yeah no No, and i i think these like these are are sort of like essential what defines work kind of questions and i and i think that Mm -hmm. that these these would be this would be true in in a in 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 office environment too because these work tools have become they have become the, the 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 operating dashboard for 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 management delivery things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything that you miss about being in an office? Honestly, not really. Like the benefits of my life outside of an office far outweigh me ever wishing I was back in an office. So, no. <laughs> and, and what about what about people on your team? Is is there some desire? Do, do they want to get together? I don't know. The other thing I need to solve for is like, there's going to be varying degrees of people at a company that want interaction and then no interaction. We do like, we do poll and a team poll survey every six months to kind of understand our team members, whether there's new people coming or like people's lives to shift and change throughout the year. But so we do ask some of these things, but Ultimately, when you have a remote company, and right now we have up to almost 40 people, within those 40 people, there's naturally going to be people that want absolutely zero interaction. And then there's more people that really want interaction and they want to brainstorm in person. And so how do you make space for both of those people to exist within a company? And I think it's just about allowing more of those interactions. Like a lot of companies are doing this now and I just hired a head of people who's going to head of remote people is her role who's going to be focusing more on those kind of remote team building like people will do remote cooking classes and stuff like that but the key is just not making them mandatory like people should not have to go to the office holiday party they should not have to show up to the office book club necessarily or whatever so it's like making those things for people that want to take advantage of them and then letting people that just want to be introverts be introverts uh, I once worked at a large agency that was uh, was called the uh, the best place in the country millennials to work, and I am not a millennial. And I'm like, just thinking that, but I didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> no, it's totally true. I am old. These people, they love the 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 people that work there. They loved the like the the happy hours and the the yeah. stuff that happened on the weekend, and they loved it. And I was always thinking, like, I don't want to talk to you people when I'm not at work. I like, I like hanging out with my family. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather hang out with my kids than anybody at work. Yeah. Exactly. Now, my kids would rather I hung out with people at work, but that's the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
depending on what age they are, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they're, all, they're all old teenagers now. So yeah, they're all like, dad. But, but I think, but I, I definitely think that it's one thing that I do think remote companies can do. I think they can be more flexible in, in sort of, in sort of creating opportunities for people to engage with the company and with each other in ways that are right for them rather than these big events that, that are based on FaceTime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have like a remote book club at the agency, mostly just because I'm like a total book nerd, but we, and there's people wait, that have been there. Is the book club reading right now? Actually, we're just in transition to pick our new one. I chose the top two nonfictions from Goodreads Best of 2021 lists. Uh, We're picking a new one now. One of them is Matt Haig's new book called The Comfort Book, I think. And I think that's going to be the winner. But anyway, we generally have like four participants every quarter, five participants and out of 40 people. And some people have never participated, but that's fine. Some people don't like reading. They don't like book clubs. They're never going to show up. And the people that really like them, the four people that do it every single time, they're lemon life. Yeah. And, and is it weird to be in a book club with your boss? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I leave the book club. I love it. No, actually, honestly, every single person that leaves our book club conversation always talks about how much they love it because it's super personal because we're only reading business or like, I hate the term self-help books, but there's a lot of those nonfiction books. Like we just read Chatter, which is like one of the most talked about books this last year about how to like calm your inner voice. And you get super vulnerable on these calls because they're asking questions in the book club, like what has happened to you in your life to like incite a lot of chatter or how do you deal with this or whatever. And people are getting really vulnerable. And it's super nice to like have this small group of people you get to know better that you're able to be really vulnerable with and their coworkers. And that doesn't happen a lot. So I think it's a really great great. team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and so I think, I I do think that those sort of, those opportunities for for vulnerability are important. As long as they're not mandatory. That's that's true. No, 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 no. So, So before we wrap up here, yeah. I'm going to ask you something you may not have the answer, but what's like what what's like the most welcome unexpected surprise, or the most welcome surprise? Because I guess all surprises are unexpected. So, yeah. what's the most surprise about running a remote company, and what's the most unwelcome surprise about running a company? Or no, a remote running company? a remote company, a remote company. Oh gosh, my gosh, oh man, the most welcome surprise about running a remote company. I guess you know how much I've gotten to know this giant team of remote people. Yeah. And I I take so much pride in like, they're so quirky and wonderful. Humans are so quirky and wonderful. Like we have, we've had someone that was like a male spin instructor and we'd had someone that is like a, a band rock star in LA and has EPs coming out. And we have someone that's obsessed with baking and like, is like, the Martha Stewart of trying every single baking baking product ever. And we have someone who is a guitarist that has like all these guitars she collects. Like we just have endless cool people and getting to know all these people remotely and not being in the room with them, but feeling like I know them really well is yeah, the coolest surprise, I think. And what's the what's the what's the 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 inverse? What are the things you're like, oh, I did not think about that. I mean, 
I can think of two things. One of them isn't remote specific. One is just like running a company in general, you just don't know everything. And it's a constant daily basis of like, I don't know how to do that. Oh, I don't know how to do that either. I don't know how to do that. So you, I, you just feel like uncomfortable all the time. Like you just don't know how to do all these things it takes to run a company. And so that's been kind of a surprise because I thought I was like the smartest person ever, but no, I'm joking. But um, the other thing is that it's like, 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 well, you're truly definitely like top five. <laughs> yeah, at least. The other thing is just back to like the project management piece. It's really hard for me to see outside of what I know, right? Like I'm very type A and organized and really good at like tracking all of these things. And I'm very tech savvy. So it's been a little bit like, in some ways, I wasn't looking for that and asking for that at first, because I just thought everybody had that at this age and this time, I guess. And so it's been surprising to run into people that had like absolutely failed at their job because they just had the inability to get up to speed on these tools. So now we have to have like the checks and balances in place to make sure that they've already been working remote. They've already been using these tools kind of a thing because yeah, we've made some mistakes with having to like people three months and then they just can't make it work. And that's, that's the time suck and the waste. Totally. For the totally. And also it, it's a, it's not only the time suck, it's like a morale suck because mm-hmm. people don't want to see a rotating cast of, of, of coworkers, right? Because you know, it, yeah. it, as much as it's difficult for the management who has to replace them, your mm-hmm. team has to learn how to work with new people. Yep, exactly. It's full of friction. I mean, not only bad friction, but friction nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, so if people want to learn more about you, your wonderful remote environment, the remote. Mm-hmm. Environment, First of all, I would yep. I would urge you guys to anybody who's listening to go check out your Instagram feed because I think your Instagram feed is really good and very evocative of your of your culture and your philosophy. Uh, but if they wanted to learn more about your services or if they wanted to to join the finest team in the land of remote Leo, yes. <laughs> uh, where would they where would they find you? Yeah, so first page strategy.com. That's also our Instagram handle at first page strategy. And so that's where you can find us online. I will say that we are hiring a lot this year, two or three roles every month kind of projected out for the rest of the year. And there's just an article that came out on LinkedIn that said that only 20% of paid job postings on LinkedIn are for remote companies. But remote company listings are getting more than 50% of all applications. So obviously really sexy and everybody wants to work in remote right now. So we are hiring. Yeah, well, this, I just want to plug pajamas are really comfortable. That's yeah. like, they're really, they're really, really comfortable. Like, yes, the furs are way better than, than, than dress shoes. Yeah, I will say that, but I will go to my philosophy here. It's not work from home. It's work from anywhere. So a lot of people I talked to that in an interview with, they really want to leave the U.S. They want to travel or they want to just not be in one place. And so we're attracting a lot of that type of people, which excites me because that was my vision in the first place is to let people live this lifestyle that's made me so happy. Like I love, I'm, I'm so much happier in Latin America and Caribbean than I ever was in the United States and there's a whole wide world out there. So lots of countries to be happy inside of. Awesome. Gianna, thank you so much. I am so glad that we, that we, that we had this time together and yeah. I do think that, that 
you are, I can say this because I work with a lot of agencies. I think uh, of, with the exception of, of one, of one, one company that I would put at your level, you are just about the most thoughtful cultural leader that, uh, that I have ever had the pleasure of working with because you, uh, the, the empathy and compassion and the, and the passion that you bring to making sure that your, your team has the tools that they need, the opportunities that they need, the communication they need, and the support that they need is remarkable. Thank you. And that's like, that's real and true. I'm not making that shit up. So, all right. Cool. All right. Thanks, Tim. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.